It's show 23 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, Randy Barnes of Unify Technologies, the news, and a little bit more. As our good friends at Steppenwolf would say, get your motor running and get it out on the highway. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Well, welcome to the show this week. It's uh, good to have you back. I feel ready for whatever the experience is that we will take with us after the show. I'm sure it will be an adventure, mm-hmm. uh, a voyage on this magnificent vessel uh, into uncharted waters. Uh, what if we see sailfish jumping and flying across the magnificent <laughs> orb of a setting sun? Uh, oh, thank you, Mitch Cohen from A Mighty Wind. That that Yeah, that was uh, what this show could be about, but no, maybe not. Hey, it's December. Time keeps slipping into the future. I'm using musical terms today. 2010 is almost done. Hey, hope you had a good Thanksgiving if you celebrated it. Thanks for allowing us a week of quietness and uh, catch up. And, um, you know, it was needed. So thanks for that opportunity. But we're back and it looks like we, uh, we've we got no one else in the studio today besides Mitch Cohen. And he seems to have just run out there after he, he said his kind of weird piece there. Today we're talking about healthcare care records and I am pretty sure it'll be good and it'll be helpful for you. We're actually going to talk to Randy Barnes, the Chief Operating Officer of Unify Technologies. I want to talk to him about electronic health records, meaningful use and the whole enchilada. I keep hearing my clients and others I talk to bring up more and more uh, questions about it and I thought it wise to get some more information from someone who is dealing with it every day and who has a really good handle on it. So uh, this is a big topic and I'm eager to get on the phone with Randy. So I'm going to outline just a few news items uh, right away and then get to Randy Barnes. So hey, why don't we uh, check out what's happened in the news? Well, the news is a little light this week, and maybe that's because uh, Thanksgiving was was in the mix this last week, and so things are a little slow, not many things hitting the news wire. But I, I found this quite interesting. Life Storage, a Chicago self-storage operator with 16 locations in the Midwest, just launched a viral-type video contest. The contest is to create a two-minute or less video on why they why people desperately need self-storage. And then you're going to post it to uh, Life Storage's Facebook account or their YouTube account. And the winner is going to receive one full year of uh, self-storage in a 10 by 10 unit. So why is this news, you might ask me? Well, I I think it's news because it's important that we keep looking around us for cool marketing ideas that work. Uh, Forget that they are in the self-storage industry. And I know the self-storage industry and and the RIM industry intersect a, a number of places. But see the value in the contest. What they're doing is getting a user community or a potential client community to actually give reasons uh, why they need your help, which is 
kind of a cool take. Instead of you trying to convince people, they're using a tool which allows the prospect to actually convince each other why they need it. The other thing that's very valuable about this, granted it's not perfectly news, but media love contests and they love hearing about contests. And uh, I suspect that Life Storage is going to get some press out of this as well. So I tell it to you not necessarily because it's news. Granted, Life Storage just launched that this week, but I tell it to you because it's something worth emulating and thinking about. How can you do things that cause your users to actually compete to get your services. Hey, Shredded opened a new facility in Secaucus, New Jersey. This is a relocation from its Brooklyn office. Uh, The local office, this new local office will employ 50 people and service all of East New Jersey and Manhattan. So uh, Shredded is growing there. Next week, Prism is holding the Fundamentals of Records Management Workshop in Phoenix. Uh, And if I think it's past the due date on getting there, but if you're not scheduled, it's probably a little late. But uh, if you are going, hey, make sure you um, check in with Dave Herrick. This is his last hurrah as prison president. So if you're on your way there, make sure you take him aside, give him a big thanks. And uh, I know he likes Jameson. So, hey, I I, I don't know. I've been looking for news and I don't see much else. And if you have any, send it my way so that we can get it on the show next week. But that's it for now. So let me tell you a little bit more about Randy Barnes before I get him on the phone. He's the C. OO, Chief Operating Officer at Unify Technologies. He's spearheading all the areas of research and development on its cloud-based electronic health records solution called Unify Med. Unify and Randy are located in Bend, Oregon, and I am going to get Randy on the line right now. So give me a moment. I'm going to go see if I can get a hold of him. Hang on. As I said earlier, I'm, I'm really excited to have Randy Barnes on the RimPro Report this week. Randy, are you there? I am. Hey, welcome to the RimPro Report. I'm glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Tell me a little bit more about your, your, your job, your role. My, my job is, is basically to understand what's, to try to understand what's happening in the medical world related to healthcare technologies and bring those to market for solutions that are really focused on the small to medium-sized provider place. Um, I have an extensive background in software technologies, grew up in that world from before the advent of the PCs to today, and uh, have spent my entire life trying to understand technologies and bring solutions to the marketplace that really address the needs of users Okay. As opposed to the needs of the software companies. Okay, so um, so with Unify, you're the, you're functioning as the chief operating officer, and so that puts you in a, a kind of unique place, I think. Obviously, but give me a little bit of of your background. You said you've been in software and other things. Give me give me a little bit of the story. I started actually while I was going to college, and I was uh, did everything from implementing systems to training systems, to sales and marketing, and supporting large organizations across industries. So I'm really across industry kind of expertise and background and have stood on both sides of the, both sides of the table from, from the sales perspective and the management side to the implementation and training side, as well as worked for organizations and created startup organizations and been in the startup world working for very, you know, early stage companies as well as 
very large organizations that have uh, been providing software solutions to companies for you know for dozens and dozens of years. Okay, well it begs it begs the question then at this point I, I can't help but are you a nerd? <laughs> I I don't think of myself as a nerd. You people could probably put me in that in that peg, but I do pride myself on really coming out of the sales and marketing world. Oh, okay, so okay. I, I just want, I wanted to make sure because you know if 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 you're sort of on the geek nerd side, we've got to talk differently. But if you know, no, no, all right, no. good. I just just want to make sure we're on the same page. So that's cool. Um, so I, I wanted you to have you on the show today because. Uh, this whole thing that, that you've sort of explored in your history and are exploring with Unify uh, Technologies uh, relates to electronic health records. And I've been hearing about it, um, you know, a few months ago, we had Larry Giuliano on the show. And in the conversations I have in the industry on a regular basis, this uh, electronic health records, the cloud, digital file management, and health all seems to be converging this coming year with, you know, uh, the implications of electronic health records as it relates to the the you know the government initiatives that are taking place, and this term meaningful use keeps coming in. And I wanted to talk to you because you're obviously an expert in that. Uh, you have um, a meaningful use certified software that's in play, obviously in the system against obviously many others. But you're doing this, you're living it, and I wanted someone to really explain it more fully to to um, our community. So tell me a little bit more about meaningful use. What's exactly, what's this term really mean? What's it about? Okay, good question. In April of 2004, uh, President George W. Bush signed an executive order. Uh, I don't know if it's a mandating is the right word, but basically pushing an initiative where all doctors would be using electronic health records by the year 2014. Okay. And one of the things they talked about was that it just can't be turning on an electronic system, like having a, a phone that, you know, I have a cell phone, but I never turn it on, but I, but I have one. Uh, it is having system that you're using. And one of the terms that they coined was that you have to use an electronic health record system in a meaningful way. As well, opposed so, to just having a piece of software sitting on a computer exactly. somewhere. Exactly. So making meaningful use of it is what they said. And frankly, they've been spending the last two years up until uh, July of this year, they've been trying to, def trying to define and set the guidelines of what meaningful use really means. Really? So they've, they've put those standards in place, and they brought industry experts, they brought healthcare experts and leaders of, of Congress and different committees together to help define what meaningful use is. And so meaningful use is really a group of requirements or group of capabilities that a provider must demonstrate for the government or to the government that they are making use of an electronic health record system in a way that's valuable to the industry, in a way that's valuable to patients, and is a way that's actually valuable to themselves and their staff. So that's really what meaningful use is in a nutshell. And does that mean there's going to be auditors who are defining what meaningful use is? There, there are, they have uh, defined, and the final ruling came out in, in July. Okay. And it covers a, a number of different areas as far as requirements. So doctors okay. must use e-prescribing. Doctors must use electronic ordering systems. They must use different types of technologies and capabilities all around trying to put together an integrated 
improve healthcare by using technologies that are available to us today. Okay. So I, I, I guess the, you know, the, the big thing that seems to be driving this is not only are, are they pushing to have um, this, these systems in place, but they're also providing incentives, are they not? They are. Uh, one of the things they found, and one of the reasons that I got into this world, was the fact that they have electronic, or they've had for a number of years, electronic health record systems available. Right. But a very small percentage of the provider or doctor population were actually taking advantage of them. Even today, you will see you'll see percentages vary, but it's still less than twenty percent. Seriously, of providers across the country that are using any kind of electronic health record system. So it's still very much paper based, then. It's still very much paper based, and wow. that's part of the incentive. Is that one of the reasons people were paper based or are paper based is because of the cost associated with implementing these tens and tens or hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for a for a provider or for a doctor to put one of these systems in. And so the government is is offering incentives for those doctors or those organizations that put in electronic health record systems and use those, as I mentioned, in a meaningful way. So is the incentive uh, is the incentive enough to move the doctor off of staying with paper? Some of the doctors that that we have spoken to have said no, it's not enough. That I'll sell the practice or I'm going to wait till I retire. But what they're doing is they're trying to put the incentives in place, kind of a carrot and a stick, right. where we're going to incent you to do it on the front end, but if you don't do it by the year 2015 then we're going to begin to penalize you for not having an electronic health record system in it. So we're going to incent people to put it in now, and if you don't put it in now, we're going to penalize you on the backside. So what's, the, really to put- what's the government agenda in this then? What, what, what are they trying to accomplish? Well, the, the, the real overall goal is to use technologies to improve health care for patients. Okay. To manage to help patients manage their health care, to put patients to it, you know, I, I guess empower them, the, the patients, to give them the ability to manage their health care, to give them information, force doctors to really use technologies to send out reminders to patients, to give patients access to things like patient portals where patients can go online and see their medical records. Oh, okay. I can act as an advocate for my elderly parents, for example that, you know, we go to, I go to a doctor sometimes, I can't remember what the doctor said. Have that information available to me or have those, that information available to an advocate of mine uh. that can help manage our health care and get on the front side of dealing with problems before they occur as opposed to always being in a, in a position of dealing with problems after it's too late. God, I, I never got that connection. So there, there's, there, yeah, there, there's a there's a big reason why it's valuable on our end uh, in terms of you know the the public. Um, but I, I never quite I never quite connected those dots before. That's great. So uh, is there a specific? I mean, maybe more more appropriately, is there a specific incentive? Is there a specific number, or is that dependent on how many doctors in a practice, or how large of a medical center, or is there sort of a finite amount, or is it capped, or how, how does that all work? Good question. It's it is by each individual doctor. Okay. 
the maximum allow and there's there's two different programs you can go under one is medicare which is a federal program the other is medicaid which is a state program and the two incentive plans are different depending upon which which you choose to take advantage of medicare which is a state plan is is managed by each state okay. and governed by each state and those rules vary by state, so I won't speak a lot to those. Okay. Uh, but that allows for a maximum incentive payment of the doctors of up to about $63,000. For doctors that are seeing Medicare, and again, this is by provider. So yeah. if you've got three providers in a practice or three doctors in a practice the, and, or two doctors in a PA, a physician's assistant, those count as three. So each one of those will get the incentive of up to $44,000 spread out over a period of five years. Over five, okay. It is based upon the amount of allowable charges billed to Medicare. So it's based upon your Medicare mix. So you get get a maximum of 75% up to $25,000 of your Medicare allowable charges per year. So year one, let's say beginning in 2011, because the program really kicks in, doctors can start to register for reimbursements effective January 3rd, 2011. So year one, a doctor can receive a maximum of $18,000. Year two, a doctor can receive 12. Year three, it's eight, four, and two. Wow. So each year year it decreases. And year 2011 and 2012, you can receive the maximum $44,000. If you begin in 2013, because of the way the math works and because of the length of the program, you will receive less than the full allowable amount of $44,000. But there's a there's a uh, the graphic and there's a chart that really explains right. this in detail. But it yeah. really it really amounts to $44,000 over a period of five years, with the first amount being $18,000. So then the 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 issue then is the that's the the carrot and the stick thing the carrot is if you get in this early you're going to have more money available to you you're going to have more money available to you and if you don't as i said if you don't do it by year 2015 they're actually going to start reducing the amount of monies you're receiving back from medicare so they're going to take money away from you that you're currently you're currently getting for seeing those medicare patients okay so so then, because uh, we're coming at this from the perspective of rim service providers, companies that support, uh, you know, the the physical and digital documents of the medical world, uh, healthcare world. Uh, I guess the question become, what's in it for them? Obviously, you know, there's there's all of this stuff happening. There is uh, incentive that the government's handing out to doctors. You've already said that some doctors are saying. Uh, the incentive's not enough to make me move. Uh, so there's there's all of this sort of confusion and seems to me like Unify kind of finds itself in the middle there going, well, we have a solution. We've figured this out. We're, we're working on that. And before I, I ask you about that one, um, coming back to the side of the, the people that are listening who are typically, you know, a lot of times dealing with the hard copy records and have medical practices as their clients, how does, how should they be thinking about this? What, what are they looking to do in this situation? Or from your perspective, what should they be looking to do? Okay. There's a, there's a couple of things. First of all, I want to, I want to clarify that from uh, a 
doctor perspective, there's a, there's a certain amount of money the government has allocated for this. Okay. That money is going to run out long before over half the doctors get into electronic health record systems. So those that wait may not even have the opportunity to get into a health record, electronic health record system with any kind of incentive. So not only is there, in, there there's incentive available to do this, but there's a finite incentive amount. So if yeah, you're, There's if, a finite okay. incentive amount the government has put towards this. So that's, I just wanted to clarify okay. that Okay, well, that's in, important but to from know. From a, a RIM perspective, what you're going to see is you're going to see more and more, you're going to see your doctors moving away from the paper charts and storing those historical charts in a storage facility. You're going to see those move to electronic storage. Mm -hmm. They will maintain those paper charts for a certain period of time because legally they have to. Even with and the new with with the new capacity to be completely even electronic. Even with the new capacity, okay. they're going to. I mean, doctors aren't comfortable destroying the charts, and the government has specific uh, recent re retention plans or re retention years for different types of documents. So some of these documents you're still going to have to hold on to for two or three years. Right, okay. But you're going to see offices move away from having, when you walk into a practice and seeing a huge wall of charts and seeing boxes moved out to storage facilities and moved back in from, from storage facilities that's going to that's going to disappear over time right and everything will be done electronically and the storage facilities will be storing information electronically as opposed to the paper charts that we're dealing with today but in many cases or in a lot of cases there are people trying to figure out on the box side of the business let's call it the paper side of the service support business where a lot of my listeners come from um, they're they're trying to figure out well how do I respond to this and given that meaningful use is critical and then certified becomes critical how then do they go about supporting this requirement because in many cases they have been on just the physical moving the boxes back and forth how can they and you know I, I, I don't like necessarily promoting or or pitching on on our show but I, I think it's important to talk about how you're kind of connecting those dots because at a certain point uh, a lot of the smaller record centers the smaller providers in this industry don't have the capacity the energy the history of software development to be able to develop a whole program around this so so give me a little bit more about this certification process what it means and and how unify is maybe stepping into the middle of that to support that okay there's from a certification standpoint, the provider, in order to get reimbursed, in order to receive incentive payments, they have to make use, as I mentioned, of a electronic health record system. Right. Those electronic health record systems must be certified by the federal government. Okay. And there are a limited number of registering bodies. And so each company or each doctor that wants to get reimbursed must work jointly with a company a vendor like Unify Technologies that has a certified product. Okay. So they have to have a certified product in place. As they move away from the paper and they move to electronic, they're going to move to two different modes. They're going to move to a large server in their office. Yeah. Or they're going to move to what they refer to as an ASP solution, which is somebody else hosting it for them. So cloud. Or Yeah. 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 Okay. or to something like Unify, which is what they refer to as a cloud-based solution. Okay. 
cloud-based meaning everything's everything's through the web. So all of the servers are managed through the internet. All the storage facilities are managed through the internet electronically, and so uh, we don't have to have. And these small storage facilities don't have to have huge server farms. What they need to do is they need to have access to the web and access to technologies that allow them to capture the information, store it, manage it in a secure mode that meets all of the government requirements around security and privacy, manage that carefully for their customers, and use tools like or things that are available from companies not just Unify, but right. other companies across the country. Well, it would stand to reason that, that you're in this for the same reason a whole bunch of other people are in it, is that there's a huge pile of incentive money coming out the door. But um, And, it, you know, I, I, I believe the same thing. Stand in line of the, the moving parade. There could be, you know, could be a really wonderful time. Yeah, but, and I really, I really got into it from the, from the standpoint of the patient and the technologies and using as I mentioned earlier, things like the patient portal to make people advocates for their own health. And I just saw that the technologies were there, healthcare was there, but as the government has been saying for 50 years, healthcare in this country is broken. Yeah. And one of the reasons is we're not using technologies that put things at the, at the fingertips of people that need them, be, right. it, be it a doctor in an emergency room situation, because my charts across town or across the country, to a patient that's simply trying to understand what his doctor prescribed to him or her or told them in the, in the visit room three hours ago. Right, right. Okay, so let, let's, let's back into this um, sort of a different way. Uh, you, you, you as a company uh, are providing a, uh, a certified uh, electronic health record software. Uh, right. And this has all of these capacities to it, so it's cloud-based. It's it, as long as you have, as long as a doctor or their staff have access to the internet, the the health records are then provided. There's patient portals, all that. So let's let's come back again to uh, people in my industry and the industry that you know are listening to this. How how do they take advantage of this? How do they become part of this? Uh, without having to buy server farms, and for the sake of argument, let's say you're the provider. Uh, I realize this isn't a sales pitch, but give me a sense of how this works with them. It's it's a program where they become a partner with a solution provider, similar to Unify, Okay, where they are, the RIM companies are actually face-to-face with doctors that they're seeing on an ongoing basis. Or that might already be clients of theirs, right? That are all, they're probably, in most cases, are already, already clients. clients yeah. Yeah. In most places, they're already clients. And what you're doing as a RIM provider, you are providing them information and capabilities to move to the next phase of technology of where the, if they don't move, the government's going to force them. So you don't have to have the technologies in place. You have to have a relationship with an organization that does have those technologies in place that can deliver those for you and solidify you as the expert, if you will, with the, the providers that you're seeing on a daily basis. Right. Okay. So you what... Really want to, you, you really want to solidify the relationship you have with your customer, right? Right. Because that's, it, that's it, as you said it. earlier, you if you don't, you're going to lose them. Right. 
Right. right. They're they're walking away not because necessarily they want to, but because there is an an element of being forced into this or coerced, however you want to say it, um, carrot stick. Uh, if you're not providing, if you're not providing your client, your existing customer, healthcare customer, with some form of electronic health record management, meaningful use, all that kind of stuff, uh, you you are likely to lose them going forward. That is exactly right. Uh, they are your customer. They are going to move this to these technologies. They should move to these technologies with you because they are available from you. They don't require the doctor to change to some other uh, RIM solution. They can do that through you. You just have to know that, that organizations like Unify are available for you to offer solutions to your providers and solidify your relationship. Okay, so I, I know we're blowing through time, man. This is really, really great stuff, but, and I, I'm willing to go a little bit longer because this is so important, I think. Uh, what should RIM vendors, so end users, people who are dealing predominantly with the paper side of the equation, who are moving and are willing to move to, to electronic health record and supporting their clients that way, what should they be wary of in terms of choosing uh, vendors to partner with? Nothing's free. You'll hear that from a lot of vendors. I think it's, it's ensuring that what the vendor is, the focus of the vendor from their, everything from a, they hate the word sales pitch, but from their sales pitch, the marketing, what they're saying to your customers, the provider, is about how the provider operates, works today. And making the transition to electronic health record system a seamless and easy transition and develop a system or capabilities that work the way a doctor works. As I like to say, it's not what we do, it's how we do it that makes, makes us and makes other organizations different. It's because you're focused on the provider and how the provider runs his organization today and making that transition as seamless, as painless and as um, transparent as absolutely possible. So, so there, there. Uh, obviously, if there is a position that way, there is, uh, there are those who are not necessarily they're providing this. Uh, but does the certification process weed that out or not? It, the cer- no, actually, it doesn't. It the doesn't. Certification, okay. The certification process is about what what the system does. Does it do electronic prescribing? Does it do uh, what they call clinical decision support? Does it do a hundred different things? Oh, okay. It doesn't. It doesn't address which is which is my my soapbox I get on. It doesn't address ease of use. Got it. Yes, it does it, but it's easy for the doctors to use. And you will hear doctors say, and your clients, the people listening to this, will hear doctors say. They've heard of failures. Yes, or EHR implementations have failed. The main reason they have failed is because the doctors didn't understand the change he or she was going to have to go through. Instead of changing the system to meet their requirements, the doctor was required to change the way they did things to match the system. And it took too much time, too hard to learn, too costly, and didn't work the way I worked. And so... I'm done with it. Can it? And then the next time around, obviously, I would assume the next time they try to install or, or implement this, 
they don't have the stimulus money available to them anymore. That's that's part of it. Yeah. They get the stimulus monies once, but the, the the you know the harder part is the fact that once you've been burned, oh. it is really hard to pull that trigger and do Completely. it again. That's Completely. really a hard a hard road to go down because of the amount of money they will have spent because the stimulus monies haven't been made available until 2011. The amount of money they would have already spent, they're going to have to respend or a less at least reinvest yeah. time, energy into another system. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is that is uh, very helpful. Um, I, so it goes back to make sure as you're looking for a provider, you're looking for one who understands how doctors inherently work and the 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 system the electronic health record software system that they're going to use aligns with the way they tend to function. And that, that's probably three shows trying to figure that one out. But um, it, it, it's a great place to begin. And this has been incredibly helpful. And I, I'm very appreciative of the information you've you've provided. You know, I, I, uh, I'd love to learn more about this. And, and I'm going to make sure that there's uh, methodologies for people to, to uh, get a hold of Unify and uh, learn more about the the process and and potentially working with you but in all of my in all of my uh, conversations with people I like to just kind of go off grid and talk a little bit about you as a person so if you don't mind I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions before okay. we end the interview and you can answer them however you want to but I, I just find these intriguing because they're a little bit about you um if you were to uh, tell me the perfect vehicle that you would love to get in every day and ride back and forth to work and, you know, on the weekends or whatever, what would the perfect vehicle for Randy Barnes be? It would be a bicycle. A bicycle? Outside, fresh air. I live in rural America. I don't spend enough time outside, so it would be a bicycle. Perfect. That's great. Uh, if you were, and I know you've been in the software game a long time, granted, not a geek or a nerd, but you've been in this software game for a long time. If you were to try another profession other than the one you're already in, which would you like to attempt? Teaching. Teaching. Educating children. Cool. I've learned so much from, from my kids and my kids' friends that, uh, on a daily basis that, uh, I would probably move into that realm. Okay. If you were given the ability to have lunch with one person you've never met but you greatly admire, who would that person be? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. I know. Um, I'd, <laughs> boy, you know what? I'm gonna have. That's gonna have to be another. That's gonna have to be another interview. Okay. I don't have. Because that's a hard. That's that is a hard one. It's it's yeah. trying to figure out who that person would be. So maybe this one's a little bit easier for you if. You know how many of us have bucket lists of the things we want to accomplish in our lives? You know, the, the top 100 things or whatever, you know, before you, you pass on. Uh, if, if you have a list of those, what's your current priority in, that you're trying to check off the list? More time with the family. More time. More time doing, doing things that bring joy to others, I think, is probably the thing that, that I struggle with, the thing that I want to check off more than anything else. Wow. Very cool. Well, Randy, it's been a pleasure. I am, uh, I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful for your wisdom and your uh, passing that on to us today. And as I said earlier, I'll make sure that people have a way to access uh, you and your company and uh, look forward to, uh, to hearing what happens in the upcoming year. I know it's a big year for you guys going forward. So uh, much success in where you're going. And thanks again for being on the Rim Pro Report. Thank you. 
Well, there we have it. Another week on the Rim Pro Report. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of it. Special thanks to Randy Barnes from Unify Technologies. I appreciate his contribution to the show today and the knowledge I, I hope that you receive from it can be helpful. As always, if you've got information, news, updates, anything that you want to pass by us here at the Rim Pro Report, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for being a part of it this week, and we'll be in touch next week. Have a great one. Over and out. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.